Prologue and Act One of Pericles, Prince of Tyre, by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Antiochus, read by Ron Altman. Baud, Dionysa, Marshall, Third Fisherman, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Bolt, Pandar's Servant, read by Denny Sayers. Ceremon, a Lord of Ephesus, read by Timothy Ferguson. Cleon, read by Amy Graymore. Daughter of Antiochus, read by Kalinda. Diana, read by Jean Bascom. Escanes, First Knight, First Lord, read by Todd. Lysimachus, First Fisherman, read by Leonard Wilson. First Gentleman. First Pirate, Lord, Panda, Simonides, Tyrian Sailor, read by Algy Pug. First Sailor, read by Tom Crawford. Servant, First Servant, Messenger, read by Avaii. A Knight, Gower, Second Pirate, Philemon, read by Martin Geeson. Helicanus. Read by Rick F. Leonin, servant to Dionysa, read by Christine. Lycorida, read by Sudone Vox. Marina, read by Ariel Lipshaw. Pericles, Prince of Tyre, read by Delmar H. Dolbeer. Second Fisherman, recorded by Chuck Williamson. Second Gentleman, Second Sailor, Third Knight. Third Lord, read by Nolan Fout. Second Lord, Second Knight, performed by Liberty Stump. Thaisa, read by Grace Garrett. Tharliard, a Lord of Antioch, read by Max Scherninger. Third Pirate, read by Lucy Perry. Narration, read by David Lawrence. Prologue, Enter Gower. To sing a song that old was sung from ashes ancient gower is come assuming man's infirmities to glad your ear and please your eyes it hath been sung at festivals on ember eves and holy ales and lords and ladies in their lives have read it for restoratives the purchases to make men glorious et bonum quo antiquius eo melius if you born in these latter times when wits more ripe accept my rhymes and that to hear an old man sing may to your wishes pleasure bring i life would wish and that i might waste it for you like taper light this antioch then antiochus the great built up this city for his chiefest seat the fairest in all syria i tell you what mine authors say this king unto him took a fair who died and left a female heir so buxom blithe and full of face as heaven had lent her all his grace with whom the father liking took and her to incest did provoke 
bad child worse father to entice his own to evil should be done by none but custom what they did begin was with long use account no sin the beauty of this sinful dame made many princes thither frame to seek her as a bedfellow in marriage pleasures playfellow which to prevent he made a law to keep her still and men in awe that whoso asked her for his wife his riddle told not lost his life so for her many a white did die as yon grim looks do testify what now ensues to the judgment of your eye i give my cause who best can justify exit act one scene one antioch a room in the palace enter antigasus prince pericles and followers young prince of tyre you have at large received the danger of the task you undertake i have antiochus and with a soul emboldened with the glory of her praise think death no hazard in this enterprise bring in our daughter clothed like a bride for the embracements even of jove himself at whose conception till lucina reigned nature this dowry gave to glad her presence the senate house of planets all did sit to knit in her their best perfections music enter the daughter of antigasus see where she comes apparelled like the spring graces her subjects and her thoughts the king of every virtue gives renown to men her face the book of praises where is read nothing but curious pleasures as from thence sorrow were ever raised and testy wrath could never be her mild companion you gods that made me man and sway in love that have inflamed desire in my breast to taste the fruit of yon celestial tree or die in the adventure be my helps as i am son and servant to your will to compass such a boundless happiness prince pericles that would be the son to great antiochus before thee stands this fair hesperides with golden fruit but dangerous to be touched for death-like dragons here affright thee hard her face like heaven enticeth thee to view her countless glory which desert must gain and which without desert because thine eye presumes to reach all thy whole heap must die you sometimes famous princes like myself drawn by report adventurous by desire let tell thee with speechless tongues and semblance pale that without covering save yon field of stars here they stand martyrs slain in cupid's wars and with dead cheeks advise thee to desist for going on death's net whom none resist antiochus i thank thee who hath taught my frail mortality to know itself and by those fearful objects to prepare this body like to them to what i must for death remembered should be like a mirror who tells us life's but breath to trust it error i'll make my will then and as sick men do who know the world see heaven but feeling woe 
Gripe not at earthly joys, as erst they did, So I bequeath a happy peace to you, And all good men, as every prince should do. My riches to the earth from whence they came, But my unspotted fire of love to you. To the daughter of Antigasus. Thus ready for the way of life or death, I wait the sharpest blow, Antiochus. Scorning advice, read the conclusion then, Which read, and not expounded, tis decreed, As these before thee thou thyself shalt bleed. Of all said yet, mayst thou prove prosperous, Of all said yet, I wish thee happiness. Like a bold champion I assume the lists, nor ask advice of any other thought but faithfulness and courage. He reads the riddle. I am no viper, yet I feed on mother's flesh which did me breed. I sought a husband, in which labor I found that kindness in a father. He's father, son, and husband mild, I mother, wife, and yet his child. How they may be, and yet in two, as you will live, resolve it, you. Sharp physic is the last. But, oh, you powers that give heaven countless eyes to view men's acts, why cloud they not their sights perpetually, if this be true, which makes me pale to read it? Fair glass of light, I loved you, and could still. Takes hold of the hand of the daughter of Antigasus. Were not this glorious casket stored with ill? But I must tell you, now my thoughts revolt, For he's no man on whom perfections wait, That knowing sin within will touch the gate. You are a fair vial, and your sense the strings, Who fingered to make man his lawful music, Would draw heaven down, and all the gods to hearken. But being played upon before your time, Hell only danceth at so harsh a chime, Good sooth, I care not for you. Prince Pericles, touch not upon thy life, For that's an article within our law, As dangerous as the rest. Your time's expired. Either expound now, or receive your sentence. Great king, few love to hear the sins they love to act. T'would braid yourself too near for me to tell it. Who has a book of all that monarchs do, He's more secure to keep it shut than shown. For vice repeated is like the wandering wind, Blows dust in others' eyes to spread itself. And yet the end of all is bought thus dear, The breath is gone, and the sore eyes see clear, To stop the air would hurt them. The blind mole cast copped hills toward heaven, To tell the earth is thronged by man's oppression and the poor worm doth die for it. Kings are earth's gods, in vice their laws their will. And if Jove stray, who dares say Jove doth ill? It is enough, you know, and it is fit, what being more known grows worse, to smother it. All love the womb that their first being bred. Then give my tongue like leave to love my head. Aside, Heaven that I had thy head, he has found the meaning, but I will close with him. Young Prince of Tyre, 
though by the tenor of our strict edict your exposition misinterpreting we might proceed to cancel of your days yet hope succeeding from so fair a tree as your fair self doth tune us otherwise forty days longer we do respite you if by which time our secret be undone this mercy shows will joy in such a son and until then your entertain shall be as doth befit our honour and your worth exeunt all but pericles how courtesy would seem to cover sin when what is done is like a hypocrite the which is good in nothing but in sight if it be true that i interpret false then were it certain you were not so bad as with foul incest to abuse your soul where now you are both a father and a son by your untimely claspings with your child which pleasure fits an husband not a father and she an eater of her mother's flesh by the defiling of her parents bed and both like serpents are who though they feed on sweetest flowers yet they poison breed antioch farewell for wisdom sees those men blush not in actions blacker than the night will shun no course to keep them from the light one sin i know another doth provoke murders as near to lust as flame to smoke poison and treason are the hands of sin i and the targets to put off the shame then lest my lie be cropped to keep you clear by flight i'll shun the danger which i fear exit re-enter antigasus he hath found the meaning for which we mean to have his head he must not live to trumpet forth my infamy nor tell the world antiochus doth sin in such a loathed manner and therefore instantly this prince must die for by his fall my honour must keep high who attends us there enter thaliard doth your highness call thaliard you are of our chamber and our mind partakes her private actions to your secrecy and for your faithfulness we will advance you thou the art behold here's poison and here's gold we hate the prince of tyre and thou must kill him it fits thee not to ask the reason why because we bid it say is it done my lord tis done enough enter a messenger let your breath cool yourself telling your haste my lord prince pericles is fled exit as thou wilt live fly after and like an arrow shot from a well-experienced archer hits the mark his eye doth level at so thou ne'er return unless thou say prince pericles is dead my lord if i can get him within my pistol's length i'll make him sure enough so farewell to your highness Thaliard, adieu. Exit, Thaliard. Till Pericles be dead, my heart can lend no succour to my head. Exit. Scene two. Tyre, a room in the palace. Enter Pericles. To lords without. Let none disturb us. Why should this change of thoughts, the sad companion, dull-eyed melancholy, 
be my so used a guest as not an hour in the day's glorious walk or peaceful night the tomb where grief should sleep can breed me quiet here pleasures court mine eyes and mine eyes shun them and danger which i feared is at antioch whose aim seems far too short to hit me here yet neither pleasure's art can joy my spirits nor yet the other's distance comfort me then it is thus the passions of the mind that have their first conception by misdread have after nourishment and life by care and what was first but fear what might be done grows elder now and cares it be not done and so with me the great antiochus gainst whom i am too little to contend since he so great can make his will his act will think me speaking though i swear to silence nor boots it me to say i honour him if he suspect i may dishonour him and what may make him blush in being known he'll stop the course by which it might be known with hostile forces he'll o'erspread the land and with the ostent of war will look so huge amazement shall drive courage from the state our men be vanquished ere they do resist and subjects punished that ne'er thought offence which care of them not pity of myself who am no more but as the tops of trees which fence the roots they grow by and defend them makes both my body pine and soul to languish and punish that before that he would punish enter helicanus with other lords joy and all comfort in your sacred breast and keep your mind till you return to us peaceful and comfortable peace peace give experience tongue they do abuse the king that flatter him for flattery is the bellows blows up sin the thing which is flattered but a spark to which that blast gives heat and stronger glowing whereas reproof obedient and in order fits kings as they are men for they may err when signor sooth here does proclaim a peace he flatters you makes war upon your life prince pardon me or strike me if you please i cannot be much lower than my knees all leave us else but let your cares o'erlook what shipping and what ladings in our haven and then return to us exeunt lords helicanus thou hast moved us what seest thou in our looks an angry brow dread lord if there be such a dart in princes frowns how durst thy tongue move anger to our face how dare the plants look up to heaven from whence they have their nourishment thou knowest i have power to take thy life from thee kneeling i have ground the axe myself you do but strike the blow rise prithee rise sit down thou art no flatterer i thank thee for it and heaven forbid that kings should let their ears hear their faults hid fit counsellor and servant for a prince who by thy wisdom makes a prince thy servant what wouldst thou have me do to bear with patience such griefs as you yourself do lay upon yourself thou speak'st like a physician helicanus that ministerest a potion unto me that thou wouldst tremble to receive thyself attend me then i went to antioch whereas thou knowest against the face of death i sought the purchase of a glorious beauty 
from whence an issue I might propagate. Our arms to princes, and bring joys to subjects. Her face was to mine eye beyond all wonder. The rest, hark in thine ear, as black as incest, which by my knowledge found, the sinful father seemed not to strike, but smooth. And thou knowest this, tis time to fear when tyrants seem to kiss. Such fear so grew in me, I hither fled, under the covering of a careful knight, who seemed my good protector, and, being here, bethought me what was past, and what might succeed. I knew him tyrannous, and tyrant's fears decrease not, but grow faster than the years. And should he doubt it, as no doubt he doth, that I should open to the listening air how many worthy princes' bloods were shed to keep his bed of blackness unlaid ope, to lop that doubt, he'll fill this land with arms, and make pretense of wrong that I have done him, when all for mine, if I may call offence, must feel war's blow, who spares not innocence, which love to all, of which thyself art one, who now reproves me for it. Alas, sir, drew sleep out of mine eyes, blood from my cheeks, musings into my mind, thousand doubts how I might stop this tempest ere it came, and finding little comfort to relieve them, I thought it princely charity to grieve them. Well, my lord, since you have given me leave to speak, freely will I speak. Antiochus you fear, and justly too, I think, you fear the tyrant, who either by public war or private treason will take away your life. Therefore, my lord, go travel for a while." till that his rage and anger be forgot, or till the destinies do cut his thread of life. Your rule direct to any, if to me, day serves not light more faithful than I'll be. I do not doubt thy faith, but should he wrong my liberties in my absence? We'll mingle our bloods together in the earth, from whence we had our being and our birth. Tyre, I now look from thee then, and to Tarsus intend my travel, where I'll hear from thee, and by whose letters I'll dispose myself. The care I had and have of subjects good, on thee I lay whose wisdom's strength can bear it. I'll take thy word for faith, not ask thine oath, who shuns not to break one will sure crack both. But in our orbs we'll live so round and safe, that time of both this truth shall ne'er convince, thou showest a subject's shine, I a true prince. Exeunt. Scene three. Tyre, an antechamber in the palace. Enter Thalyard. So, this is Tyre, and this the court. Here must I kill King Pericles, and if I do it not, I am sure to be hanged at home. Tis dangerous. Well, I perceive he was a wise fellow, and had good discretion that, being bid to ask what he would do of the king, Desired he might know none of his secrets. Now do I see he had some reason for it. For if a king bid a man be a villain, he's bound by the indenture of his oath to be one. Hush! Here comes the lords of Tyre. Enter Helicanus and Escanes with other lords of Tyre. You shall not need, my fellow peers of Tyre, further to question me of your king's departure. His sealed commission, left in trust with me, doth speak sufficiently he's gone to travel. Aside. How? The king gone? 
if further yet you will be satisfied why as it were unlicensed of your loves he would depart i'll give some light unto you being at antioch aside what from antioch royal antiochus on what cause i know not took some displeasure at him at least he judged so and doubting lest that he had erred or sinned to show his sorrow healed correct himself so puts himself into the shipman's toil with whom each minute threatens life or death aside well i perceive i shall not be hanged now although i would but since he's gone the king's seas must please he escaped the land to perish at the sea i'll present myself peace to the lords of tyre lord thaliard from antiochus is welcome from him i come with message unto princely pericles but since my landing i have understood your lord has betook himself to unknown travels my message must return from whence it came we have no reason to desire it commended to our master not to us yet ere you shall depart this we desire as friends to antioch we may feast entire exeunt scene four tarsus a room in the governor's house enter cleon the governor of tarsus with dionysa and others my dionysa shall we rest here and by relating tales of others grieves see if twill teach us to forget our own that were to blow at fire in hope to quench it for who digs hills because they do aspire throws down one mountain to cast up a higher oh, my distressed lord even such our griefs are here they're but felt and seen with mischief's eyes but like to groves being topped they higher rise o dionysa who wanteth food and will not say he wants it or can conceal his hunger till he famish our tongues and sorrows do sound deep our woes into the air our eyes do weep till tongues fetch breath that may proclaim them louder that if heaven slumber while their creatures want they may awake their helps to comfort them i'll then discourse our woes felt several years and wanting breath to speak help me with tears i'll do my best sir this tarsus o'er which i have the government a city on whom plenty held full hand for riches strewed herself even in the streets whose towers bore heads so high they kissed the clouds and strangers ne'er beheld but wondered at whose men and dames so jetted and adorned like one another's glass to trim them by their tables were stored full to glad the sight and not so much to feed on as delight all poverty was scorned and pride so great the name of help grew odious to repeat oh tis too true but see what heaven can do by this are changed these mouths who but of late earth sea and air were all too little to content and please although they gave their creatures in abundance as houses are defiled for want of use they are now starved for want of exercise those palates who not yet two summers younger must have inventions to delight the taste would now be glad of bread and beg for it those mothers who to nostle up their babes thought not too curious are ready now to eat those little darlings whom they loved so sharp are hunger's teeth that man and wife draw lots who first shall die to lengthen life here stands a lord and there a lady weeping here many sink yet those which see them fall have scarce strength left to give them burial is not this true 
Our cheeks and hollow eyes do witness it. O let those cities, that of plenty's cup, and her prosperities so largely taste, would their superfluous riots hear these tears. The misery of Tarsus may be theirs. Enter a lord. Where's the lord governor? Here. Speak out thy sorrows, which thou bringest in haste, for comfort is too far for us to expect. We have descried upon our neighbouring shore a portly sail of ships make hitherward. I thought as much. One sorrow never comes but brings an heir that may succeed as an inheritor. And so in ours some neighbouring nation, taking advantage of our misery, hath stuffed these hollow vessels with their power to beat us down the which are down already, and make a conquest of unhappy me, whereas no glory's got to overcome. That's the least fear, for, by the semblance of their white flags displayed, they bring us peace, and come to us as favourers, not as foes. Thou speakest like hymns untutored to repeat, who makes the fairest show means most deceit. But bring they what they will and what they can, what need we fear? The ground's the lowest, and we are halfway there. Go tell their general we attend him here, to know for what he comes and whence he comes and what he craves. I go, my lord. Exit. Welcome is peace, if he on peace consist. If wars, we are unable to resist. Enter Pericles with attendance. Lord Governor, for so we hear you are, let not our ships and number of our men be like a beacon fired to amaze your eyes. We have heard your miseries as far as Tyre, and seen the desolation of your streets. Nor come we to add sorrow to your tears, but to relieve them of their heavy load. And these are ships, you happily may think, are like the Trojan horse was stuffed within with bloody veins expecting overthrow, are stored with corn to make your needy bread and give them life whom hunger starved half dead. The gods of Greece protect you, and we'll pray for you. Arise, I pray you, rise. We do not look for reverence, but to love, and harborage for ourselves, our ships, and men. The which, when any shall not gratify, or pay you with unthankfulness and thought, be it our wives, our children, or ourselves, the curse of heaven and men succeed their evils. Till when, the which I hope, shall ne'er be seen. Your grace is welcome to our town and us. Which welcome we'll accept. Feast here a while, until our stars that frown lend us a smile. Exeunt. End of Act One